Well, hey everybody, thanks for being with us today. I know this is, albeit a bit of a different time to be together and going through a message. And the reason we're doing it this way is because if you were with us on the weekend, you'll remember that I said I kind of was going on and on for too long and I ran out of time. I had like five or six verses I wanted to still cover. So we're doing that today. This is part two of the message we started on the weekend, which is living in our new reality. We've been going through the book of Colossians verse by verse, and today we're in Colossians chapter 3, verses 11 through 17. So you can turn there in your Bible and find that now. Uh, for a little bit of a recap... Um, last or on the weekend we were talking about how from the moment we come to Christ and get saved in him we enter into a new reality and this new reality is all about walking with him following him loving him serving him enjoying him worshiping him uh, centering ourselves on him and we talked about how we're to set our minds on this reality set our minds on Christ and the things that are above the things of his kingdom uh, we talked about how that's important because sometimes it's easy to get caught up in our old lives, our old self, our old reality, kind of lapse into sin and unhelpful patterns and behaviors. Um, and we talked as well about uh, how by setting our minds properly, by avoiding lapsing into our old life, we can walk in this new reality in a way that's beneficial and good and godly uh, and depending on Christ day by day. So that's where we were at on the weekend. Today, I want to look at a few more practical aspects of this new reality. And it really is a practical thing. When we, when we set ourselves up to do these things, it changes the way we live. It changes uh, the way that we walk with Christ. And as we're going to see today, it changes the way that we live with one another. What I want you to see, and we're going to see, is that a lot of aspects of our new reality, uh, while many of them involve how we interact with the Lord, uh, there's a large precedent put on the fact that we're to live in this new reality in the context of being with one another. So, let's read Colossians 3, 11 to 17. It starts out by saying, Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So if we start out in verse 11. It says, Here there is not Greek and Jew, uh, circumcised and uncircumcised, that's a reference to, again, the Jewish versus non-Jewish. Barbarian, that's code sort of for uncivilized, ungodly people. Scythian, uh, the Scythian reference, they were a nomadic people that lived around the time this was written in the first century AD, different people group. Uh, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. So first when it says here, the here being referenced to is our new reality in Christ, uh, raised with Christ, alive in Christ, being changed in Christ. And this verse, like I said, implies that we are to be living out this new reality with other people. Um, that's super important. And what we see in the church, 
is uh, that in Christ there is not all of the cultural, maybe racial, political, tribal distinctions and divisions that we see in the world. True or false, we're seeing that a lot in the world these days. In Christ, this tells us we're all one and the same. So in the church, there is uh, no distinction, there's no partiality, there's no division. Um, we are all equal. We're all one and the same. That's what this is telling us. Christ is all, He's central, and He is in all. Now, this doesn't mean that in the church we all do exactly the same things, right? There's different spiritual gifts that we have. There's different gender roles and things like that. But nobody is to be looked down on or, you know, stared down the nose at or given the hairy eyebrow for any reason in the church, whether it's their background, their skin color, their past history of sin, their social status. None of that, none of that is grounds for any distinction or division in the church. In the body of Christ, my friends, we should be nailing this. We should be experts at this and growing in this. The way that we love one another and, and value one another and honor one another and show equality for one another. By the way, in all this, I'm not saying we don't show love and respect and all that for people outside the church. I'm just specifically focusing on in the church. We should be experts at this and, and growing all the time. And it also should serve as a witness to the rest of the world, right? Jesus said, it's something I think about quite often. He said, the world will know you're my followers by the great programs you put on. No. He said, by the way you love one another, that's how they're going to tell. So the world should be able to look at us and say, oh my word, look at the way they are treating each other and they honor one another. What is the secret? I need to get in on this. I need to learn more. It serves as a witness. So put on then, verse 12, put on implies an intentional choice. We're choosing to wear this stuff, to do this stuff. Because we're to be centered on Christ, because we're to be doing life with others and valuing them and loving them, put on, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, this is talking to Christians, compassionate hearts. A compassionate heart is one that is tender and soft and merciful and empathetic and sympathetic uh, toward others. A compassionate heart is one that seeks to build others up and not tear them down. The squirrels are starting now. It's uh, Seek to build others up, not tear them down, or not even to remain neutral, right? Sometimes it's easy to just remain neutral in our relationships, but we're talking about going on the offensive and deliberately uh, building others up. A compassionate heart seeks to meet other people's needs. A compassionate heart chooses to love others even if they seem unlovable, because that does happen. So put a compassionate heart on. It also says put on kindness. We don't have to overcomplicate this. This isn't rocket science. Are you nice to people? Are you, are you respectful to people? Are you pleasant to be around? Are you a jerk? Put on kindness. Choose to do it because of this new reality you live in. Put on humility, the text says. That is so key. Because oftentimes our flesh compels us to get puffed up and, and we want to be number one and we want everyone to kind of uh, revolve around us and to feed into our lives and whatever. That's not the reality to which we're called. We're called to be humble. And, and I've said it before, I didn't make it up, but humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. So in your life, do you put others above yourself? 
in, even in the simple everyday routine matters? Or do you always come first? That's not the way it ought to be. Put on humility. Put on meekness, it says. Meekness is a great word. It's that quiet strength we've talked about. It's not weakness, but it's, it's humility and quietness and gentleness. It's uh, strong but humble. It's not going out of your way to draw attention to yourself. It's just you're showing up quietly, getting the job done, and doing it well. Uh, that's meekness. Put it on. And patience. That one is pretty simple. And pretty self-explanatory, yet it's pretty hard to execute sometimes. At least I've been there. I'm sure you have been too. Usually we want what we want, when we want it, which is now. Why don't I have it yet? That's not the life to which we've been called. Choose patience. Choose patience. Seek the timing of the Lord. Don't be in a big hurry for every single thing. Verse 13, bearing with one another. A couple of elements to bearing with one another. One of them is... That in life, um, our brothers and sisters in Christ, and sometimes ourselves, will go through difficult seasons. And sometimes we come up under a load that is hard to bear. So to bear with one another is to come alongside our brothers and sisters and to stand under that load with them and help them shoulder it. That's one aspect. The other aspect of bearing with one another is this. And uh, if you've been in the church long enough, you'll know this is true. Sometimes people annoy us. That's just how it happens. When this happens, though, to bear with someone is not to write them off or to cuss them out or to, or to gossip about them or condemn them. Uh, it's to continue to love them through that annoyance. And here's what I just want to say on that note. We in the church are a family. We're the family of God. That is true for uh, the whole church you know, globally. But I want to even just focus specifically on the harbor, the harbor family. For those of you listening to this, um, we are a family and we don't give up on each other. We don't give up on each other when things get difficult, when we bother each other. Uh, we fight for one another. That's what this is telling us to do, to bear with one another. And if one of you has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. So again, there will be times when we um, offend somebody in the church or we... Uh, insult them or we hurt them or we sin against them in those cases here's what it says we forgive we forgive notice that there's only one string attached to that and and that string is not you forgive them if you feel like it you forgive them uh, only if they're sorry and repentant no the only string attached to that is as the lord has forgiven you so you must also forgive uh, because that's that's very true for us God has forgiven us. Even when we were rebelling against Him and turning our backs on Him and spitting in His face and nailing Him to the cross, He forgave us. Therefore, we let that fuel our forgiveness of one another. That's the only string attached to this. We forgive because God has forgiven us. Verse 14, And above all, in other words, all this has been important, but most importantly, above all these, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Three things about that really quickly. Number one, love is an intentional choice. In this context, we're choosing to put on love. Even if I don't feel like loving you, I'm going to choose to do it. Number two, love brings us together. It says it binds everything together. It's why we stick together and why we stick close to God. We don't, we don't hang out together because we have nothing else to do and nothing better to do and no other way to spend our time. 
Uh, we hang out together because God loves us and we love God and therefore we love each other and we spend time together. And number three, love keeps the church running well. It says it keeps everything bound together in perfect harmony. So when we're loving one another and we're growing in that, it's not just that the church is kind of limping along like a machine that isn't working right. It binds everything together like this. It's working well in harmony. That's what putting on love does. So all of the above things that we've talked about so far, these are are supposed to be natural byproducts of living in our new reality. Remember, a byproduct is just a natural result of uh, something that happens when you're pursuing another activity. And that other activity is walking with Jesus and loving Him and serving Him and worshiping Him. Because as we do that, as we're close to Christ, His Spirit changes us. He, he, he works in us and through us and He changes us naturally to, it's more supernaturally, really, to be this way. And let the peace of Christ, verse 15, rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. We said a few weeks ago, peace is not just the absence of conflict, it's the presence of blessing. Peace is not just that you and that other party happen to not be fighting, it's that you're getting on and getting along really well. And uh, we read back at the start of our Colossians series, and Colossians 1, that Jesus has made peace between us and God by the blood of His cross. So since we are at peace with God, we can have the peace of God in our lives. And this is saying, let that peace rule in our hearts. Let it be dominant and constant and persistent and present in the lives of us as Christians. We were all called to this peace in one body. That's the whole church. We were all called to this peace together. Another way of saying this verse is, let Christ... Who brings peace rule his rule is one of peace so as we allow him to rule in our hearts in our lives in our church his peace will abound in us that's what this is saying that's awesome and be thankful it says so that implies be thankful it's a choice you choose to be thankful. And that is a much better alternative than choosing to be unthankful. When we're unthankful, uh, it's really easy for us to get into a state where we're entitled, we're self-centered, we become not really super usable or beneficial or of much use uh, for God in the kingdom uh, or of much use to one another. So be thankful. When we choose to be thankful, we adapt that attitude of gratitude, right? And that fuels the way we live. That totally changes our perspective. So be thankful. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. I love the language there. That implies and tells us that the word of God has substance to it. The Word of God is good for us. It has some rich meat, some rich content, things that are super good for us and hearty. So richly dwell in God's Word. Camp out in it. Let the Spirit speak to us and shape us as we do it. Meet with the Lord in it. But carve out the regular time to be in God's Word. It's so, so important and it's so good for us. Do that teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, and hymns, hymns are in the Bible, you're welcome, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So in all of that, you get the picture. We're doing all that stuff together. Maybe that's in the context of corporate worship. Maybe it's at your small group. I don't know. But uh, all that activity is really good and helpful and important for us. When it talks about admonishing, to admonish is to advise or urge someone earnestly. It's, it's I really think you should be doing this. I really want to lead you in this direction. It would be really good for you to do this. Please do it. It's pleading with someone. 
And uh, notice the thankfulness is in here again as well. If it's repeated, it's important. And uh, so we need to choose to be thankful because it, it, it really changes how we live. It's, it's like the salt that we season our food with, right? It really makes a big difference, even though it seems like this little thing. Finally, verse 17. And I love this. This is one of my favorite verses in the whole of the scripture. Uh, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I love that. And uh, you remember last week, we talked about how everything is spiritual. It's not as though as a Christian, you have your spiritual life over here and your physical over here and your wealth over here and your friend life over here. No, it's all connected and it is all spiritual. Everything, everything, everything can help or hinder our worship of Jesus. Anything short of sin and stupidity can, can be part of that worship to him. Uh, your family life, the way you interact with your spouse and your kids, your work, um, your friends, your hobbies, your uh, your finances, every single thing, even the food you eat, even the cooking that you do can be part of this. And this kind of thinking, if we're doing all unto the Lord Jesus, that, that helps us enjoy life. It helps us appreciate the little things. It helps us to be thankful. Thankfulness is in there yet again, three times in like two verses. And it keeps us mindful, my friends, of what life is really about, who life is really about. That's the Lord Jesus. That is the reality to which we've been called, walking with Him. And I hope you've seen in this, again, uh, the nature of how we're to do this together. So I'm going to wrap up. Um, this has been fun. I'm glad we did this today. My encouragement to you, whoever you are and wherever you're at with this, is to start centering your life more and more on Jesus. So if you are not a Christian, and maybe you've been following along in this series, it's been great to have you. Um, your first step is to become a Christian. It's to accept that Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sins. It's to accept the fact that He rose from the grave. He conquered that. He has the final word. And it's to trust in Him for your salvation. It's to repent of your sins, to believe in what He has done for you. And when you do that, you're saved. You're brought into relationship with Him. Your sins are forgiven. And you enter into this new reality we've been talking about. If you want to know more about that, the contact info for the church is going to be at the end of this video. Reach out. I'd love to, to connect with you on this or connect you with someone else. Um, if you are a Christian, maybe you're stuck or you're struggling. My advice is the same, but a little different. It's take a step in toward Jesus. You don't have to, you don't have to try to hit a home run with one swing here. Just take one step toward him. Um, what's one thing you can do to start centering your life on the Lord? Maybe it's read your Bible more. Maybe it's, maybe it's get uh, with him in prayer more. Maybe it's seek the encouragement and the accountability that other Christians can bring. But start today. And if you are a Christian and you're, you're just flying high, your faith is great right now, hey, there's always more. There's always more to be experienced. There's always more to know. There's always more to do. There's always more to grow. We, we grow from glory to glory to glory. And there's always more glory to behold. So as we do these things, as we all together, at varying degrees, as we all step in closer toward Jesus and work towards centering ourselves on Him, uh, we will change. Our lives will be different. Our church will be different. Uh, we will see the Lord and His glory uh, shining through, shining bright, and changing us in our lives. So I want to pray for us. 
And uh, I'd invite you just wherever you're at to bow your head and go with me in prayer. So God, we give you thanks uh, for your word. We thank you for how it's practical for our lives. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the new reality that you have called us to live in and that you've made possible for us. We are thankful for the relationship we have with you and the activity that flows forth from that relationship. Lord, I'm asking and I'm praying for my brothers and sisters today that you would help us to grasp this word, that you would help us, God, to step into you today and start living in accord with our new reality. I pray especially, God, for those who are believers who maybe are not walking in step with this, who are not walking with you super closely. God, would you light the fire in them, in us? Sometimes I'm that way. We all are sometimes. Light that fire in us, God. Cause us by your Spirit to want to walk with you and enjoy you and worship and serve and love you. Lead us in this direction. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this process. Lead us and guide us and shape us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you very much for being with us. Hope you'll join us on the weekend for as uh, we continue our series. Have a great and a blessed week. We'll chat soon.